Welcome back to another episode of Podsdale. I'm your host, Holly Walter from the city's Office of Communication, and I'm here today with Kara Peters to talk all things community services. Hi, Kara. Hi, Holly. Nice to see you. It's good to see you, too. Um, Before we start, I need to announce our latest Podsdale trivia question winner, fingerprint technician Julie Bacon. She correctly provided the name of Alice Cooper's Warhol Little Electric Chair. So watch your email for gift card, Julie, and congratulations. And listen for this week's question at the end of the episode and email your answer to communications at scottsdaleaz.gov to be our next Podsdale trivia question winner. And with that, let's go to Stephanie for this episode's Fast Five. Hi, I'm Public Affairs Specialist Stephanie Harada with five fast things happening around the city you need to know. Our number five spot is a message from Scottsdale Fire Chief Tom Shannon. Wildfires burning across the state and the imminent danger of brush fires in Scottsdale prompted Chief Shannon to call for residents to limit consumer fireworks use this summer. Although use of some consumer fireworks is permitted by state law in Scottsdale, their use in and near many sensitive desert areas remains illegal and violators are subject to substantial fines. And remember, fireworks are prohibited in the Scottsdale Preserve, Pinnacle Peak Park, and all properties located within one mile of these fragile desert lands. Visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search fire for more information. Number four is all about milestones and memories that celebrate 35 years of Scottsdale history. A new exhibit opened at the Civic Center Library that highlights the accomplishments and contributions of Scottsdale leadership alumni since 1986. The exhibit surrounds the Scottsdale Heritage Connection and Messenger Family Research Room. You can see it for free during regular business hours now through December 31st. The Spirit of Scottsdale Awards are in our number three spot. Know a person or business that embodies Scottsdale's spirit? Scottsdale's Neighborhood Advisory Commission invites you to nominate those that strengthen and build our community through their commitment to and involvement in neighborhoods. Visit scottsdaleaz.gov and search Spirit Awards for more information. Number two is a kudo to Scottsdale Water for reducing energy consumption and earning a sizable rebate for the city. Scottsdale Water participated in the APS Peak Solutions Energy Savings Program, earning a check worth just over $121,000. Since the program's 2009 inception, Scottsdale Water has received more than $1.2 million for its energy saving efforts. And our number one Fast Five spot is about remembering those lives lost on 9-11. This year marks the 20th anniversary of the attacks that took the lives of nearly 3,000 people on September 11th. In recognition, the city is hosting a 9-11 memorial tribute from September 3rd through the 12th at the Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. The fire department is asking individuals, businesses, and service organizations to donate wreaths to honor the day. Email fire at scottsdaleaz.gov for more information. And that's our Fast Five for this episode of Podsdale. Got something for a future Fast Five? Tell us by emailing communications at scottsdaleaz.gov. I'll turn it back over to you. Holly? Thanks, Stephanie. Kara, we're back and I'm happy to catch up with you today because you're a very busy woman. Your current title now is Community Services Administrator, correct? That is correct. I know it's a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) So what does that entail? Let's talk about that. Okay, so really what that means, Community Services Administrator, is that I still luckily get to oversee the Scottsdale Public Library System, and now I get to also oversee the Parks and Recreation System and work with the newly um, hired Parks and Recreation Director, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit down the road. So Mm -hmm. really, it's libraries and Parks and Recreation. So I couldn't be happier um, about this opportunity. Right. It's almost going 
full circle for you. Talk about your career and what you've done while you've been here with the city. I know you've been um, in a variety of positions doing different things. Yes, and I'll try to be exciting as ever with this. But really, basically, honestly, I started when I was 18 years old as a lifeguard at Chaparral Pool. And so from there, I've worked in leisure education programs. I've worked at the senior centers, you know, obviously aquatics. Um, then I've also overseen the youth development and the after-school programs. I had the joy of working at McCormick Stillman Railroad Park and working with the teams there. And then um, most recently, um, overseeing the library system and learning all things public library, which is an amazing amazing service for the community. And so now to be able to kind of marry those two together and work with these two leadership teams and really most importantly, the frontline staff within those departments mm -hmm. to serve the community is very, very exciting. I think you're a great example of the variety of career opportunities within community services. There's so many different things you can do in that area. You know, really, I've always tried to talk to other professionals, too, about, you know, we are lucky to work in, mm -hmm. I think, municipal government because you can. You've got transferable skills that, you know, if you're a strong leader, you can really lead teams in various departments. You can learn new things, and there, there is a lot of opportunity. So I'm glad that you brought that up, and, um, you know, I hope that more people will take some risks because sometimes it does mean being a little bit uncomfortable. You sure. know, I remember the first time part of my career moving from the senior centers to working with the special events team in Park and recreation and, you know, Mighty Mud Mania. And that event seemed so overwhelming to me. Um, but really, you jump right in, you work with great people, and um, you just learn a lot and become a better uh, professional city employee because of it. Great. Uh, let's talk about the community services umbrella. What areas, for those unfamiliar with our city structure and our organization, what areas fall under community services? So community services is a very large division, and community services can include will include the public libraries, parks and recreation, human services, um, the preserve, and I feel like I'm missing one other thing. Um, but that might be Westworld. Forgive me, Westworld. So that's kind of five different departments that all fall within community services. Okay. So um, really, you know, I report to Assistant City Manager Bill Murphy, who also oversees um, those areas as well. So it, it is a lot. There's a lot to it. Definitely. And um, I know we're providing just a very high level overview today of what's happening in community services. Let's start with we're coming out of COVID. Things are starting to reopen. What can you share with us about our libraries or community centers? Okay. Thank you for that question because it is. I know our entire community and city is climbing out of COVID is what I like to call it. And I'm going to start... With the libraries, first of all, the public library system here in Scottsdale remained open throughout the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So um, we remained open carefully in person. And then we, similar to everybody else, really did a fast pivot to provide contactless service. You know, for example, curbside at Civic Center Library, that was something we have never done before. And really, quite honestly, now we've got a lot of users that they're not going to go back. You know, busy parents with kids in the back like to pull sure. right up. So really, step one for the libraries right now is to expand what we're already doing. So what that's going to look like right now... Um, Mustang Library and Civic Center are kind of our main hub branches, and they've just been open branch hours in person for limited times. And so we're going to work on opening up Civic Center Library to be open seven days a week. You know, here it is. It's the biggest library uh, branch in our community. So it'll be nice to do that. Arabian Library is one of our further north libraries, uh, library branches. And that library has been closed completely for a year with drive-through service only. So that's another priority for us as we do this phase one open of the library system is what I like to call it. And, and then from there, we'll work on phase two where we can kind of get back to, you know, hopefully something closer to our pre pandemic public library hours of operation. So that's the library. Parks and Recreation, in similar fashion, really was open also during the pandemic and was actually one of the 
part of the reasons I think, you know, the city was kind of able to stay afloat because Westworld was open. They were mm-hmm. carefully hosting events. Um, the parks were open. After school programs were able to offer programs again very carefully and cautiously through that time. So right now we're still navigating being careful with COVID protocols, but um, really slowly opening everything up. So public libraries, community centers, mm-hmm. programming, you know, hopefully being able to increase some of our capacities. Um, you know, I don't work with human services, but I work closely with Greg Bestian, and I know that they're paying attention also to the senior centers, and I think those are getting ready to be open at 50% capacity. Um, you know, because um, you know this, Holly, better than anybody, the citizens really rely on these public um, service elements in our community. They do. So I think everybody's excited to see this this open opening of um, community services. I think it's exciting. Also, I think you'll still imp- implement many of the uh, services and things that you did during COVID um, just to provide more accessibility. Yeah, no, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I'm thinking specifically about a lot of the, and probably like you guys here at Scottsdale Video Network, you know, a lot of this digital stuff or Mm -hmm. virtual programming, you know, some of it has been successful. And quite honestly, some of it, you really need to be in person to, I'm thinking about story times at the library where little kids want to come with caretakers. And those are really much more effective if little kids can come, you know, either into a library or see a librarian in person to provide that service, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and how do you do virtual swimming lessons? (laughs) Not that they tried to do that. But, you know, try to imagine that. So it is nice. That's a big element of face-to-face, in-person service with our community. Great. And then in turn, we also have some bond projects happening within community services. What can you share about that? Let me try to scratch the service with that. So bond 2019, yes, and this is very specific to parks and recreation, but some of the big things that are coming up and already starting to work on are some multi-use sports fields that are going to be happening up in North Scottsdale. So we've got right now under construction is the Bell Road um, Sports Complex area, and I believe that is six lit fields that will be up in that area right around 94th Street. And then in addition to that, there's going to be some additional fields at Westworld, and those um, we're just in planning process for those right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the other things to look forward to is a park up in North Scottsdale, Ashler Hills, as well as down the road, um, a dog park potentially at Thompson Peak Park. So for the park system, these are pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. These are things that the community needs, especially the sports fields, because you know that helps. That's an economic driver when you've got big teams that come in. I just feel like. Um, Field space is a premium here um, in Scottsdale. So having those fields up there at Bell Road and Westworld will be a great asset for our community. And they can also double as parking when we host big events, big signature events like the Barrett-Jackson or the Waste Management Open. Dual use. And we Dual definitely have, have the demand for the sports fields. Yes, yes. Have you seen it? If you drive around Scottsdale right. in the evening, you will see that field space is, is is booked. And, you know, really one of the things with the pandemic that, that I really noticed, and I live in Scottsdale and I use the park system a lot, is um, people went outdoors and they used our parks. And I think a lot of that, yes, maybe some people will go back to gyms, but I think people have a new appreciation for green space sure. and using our parks, um, every inch of them. So mm-hmm. um, it's nice that we're investing and in being able to provide more um, to serve the community and also to take care of the parks because there's a cost to that as well. Yeah, that maintenance is always exciting and yes. to see new, uh, new things around the city. Let's talk about the new park and recreation director. You just made a hire in mm-hmm. that area with the with Reed Pryor retiring, who we talked to on a past episode. 
share some information on on that change. Okay, yeah, and that was a really pretty big change, especially with Director Pryor retiring, lucky man. So we recently announced that Nick Molinari, who was serving as the Parks and Rec Manager at the McCormick-Stillman Railroad Park, is now the new Parks Director. So, I mean, Nick is brand spanking new. I think it's been like about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm really excited to work with Nick to, you know, really take a look at the park system, evaluate how things are going, and especially as we, again, climb out of COVID, you know, we've provided services a lot of different ways. And some of those, like you were mentioning, we can keep, perhaps some of those we can do differently. And I really do feel like now's, it's almost a wonderful opportunity to really look at what you're doing. And if you want to make some changes, you know, now would be the time to do it. So him and I are very excited and we've, I mean, really we've grown up together, Holly. Nick and I used to work at the senior centers years and years and years ago. So um, Nick is very experienced, uh, both in the field of maintenance as well as recreation, special events, very creative, innovative, and and probably most importantly, action-oriented. Sure. Um, for those of you who know Nick, when he has a dream, um, he can't only talk it and dream it, he can put it into action. So I really am excited for what the future holds for Parks and Recreation. He definitely makes things happen, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Now, with his promotion, do you anticipate other movement within Parks and Recreation? I really do, yes, mm-hmm. because right now the um, Parks Manager position is vacant at the Railroad Park. I mean, obviously, we're lucky that we have Nick because he can kind of still, you know, manage that um in addition to his new role. So we're going to be working on um, the structure in Parks and Recreation and how how everything can fall into place. So, you know, with that, whenever anybody retires, and I think that that's happening a lot in the city, not just within community services, it, it offers a lot of opportunity for um, other professionals to put their name in the hat and be considered and, mm-hmm. and make some changes. So I, I do anticipate some future opportunities and movement within the Parks and Recreation Department as a result of, of all these changes that we're talking about. It's exciting. It really is. It's nice to see that. Now, you also have a huge focus on staff development. I know mm-hmm. that's something important for you personally. Uh, what can you tell us about what's happening within st- uh, staff development and what you're doing within community services? Right. Well, thank you for asking that question. And I know that this is something, too, that our city manager, Jim Thompson, has talked about, you know, succession planning, and mm-hmm. which really, to me, kind of translates into staff development. So both what I would like to do at the public library system and within Parks and Recreation is making sure that we are um, offering opportunities to staff to learn if they want to and try new things if they want to. So one specific example example of that at the library is we're going to be implementing a shadow program. So for example, if you're a library page, but you wonder what it would be like to be a library director, will you come and shadow Kira for a day, you know, or maybe not a day, maybe even just an hour just to talk with talk with me, find out what it takes to, to do that. And you might find out after talking to me that no way do I want to do that, or yes, that's something that I want to do. So really just to give employees a snippet of what a different work role might look like and, and the pros and cons of that, because yeah, we all love work for the city and, you know, most of the time it's great, but there's some challenges that come with the different roles um, that people take on. So for both Parks and Recreation and the library, and I believe citywide too, there's going to be a focus on making sure that we're developing, um, you know, a talent pipeline for the future so that when these vacancies come up, you've got internal staff who have been here for a while or maybe not for a while who are ready to come in and share, share their great new ideas. I love it. It sounds like a great program. I can't wait to hear more about that once it's up and going. What would you recommend to an employee, not only in community services, but maybe any place within the city who's looking to move up the ladder, advance their career, maybe work in different areas? What what would you suggest? You know, my suggestion, I've done this, my suggestion would be don't be afraid 
to try something new. I think there's many times where someone might see a position where they think, I bet I can do that, but I don't know. Am I qualified? Do I have the skills? Mm -hmm. You know, and they really are nervous about doing that. I, I really challenge people to be confident in your skills and ability and really look at how they're transferable, you know. Um, and I, I really do think that... Um, that I've been an example of that a little bit, just working in the park system, transitioning over to the library, which really was a big learning curve. Um, and you have the support from wonderful colleagues where you can learn from. So I guess my suggestion would be don't be afraid to try it. Look at it and be thoughtful about it, of course, you know, and, and prepare for it. But but try something new and get out of your comfort zone. There have been many times, Holly, in my career that I have been nervous um, for a long time, you know, because you're outside of something, you're in something that's that's new to you. So mm -hmm. you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I think it's good to feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's when you're learning. That's when you're learning from others, you're relying on others, and ultimately it benefits you professionally. So step out of the comfort zone. Step out of the comfort zone is my advice. That's perfect. Anything else you'd like to share with us today, Kira, before we wrap up? Anything you know, else going on in community services? Or Thank you. You know, I love being in front of a microphone, so I'm going to use this <laughs> opportunity to make sure that our colleagues know to, you know, pay attention to what's going to be happening in community services because a lot of us are busy working. We're coming out of the pandemic. Parks and recreation, the libraries offer a lot of things that employees can use even outside of work. So I hope everybody will... Pay attention to parks and recreation and libraries for a way to benefit for themselves um, personally and for their families. So little commercial plug for libraries and parks and recreation. Perfect. I'm so glad you could join us today. I have to mention that we will have you back in December and hopefully we'll have an in-person employee awards ceremony. Holly, you know that that's my favorite time of year. So I really hope we can be in person and, you know, Back to wearing glittery dresses oh, and yeah. having good time with that. So good. You please push for that. We, we're working on it as we speak. Okay. So thank you so much, Kira. That wraps up this episode of Podsdale. But before I go, here's this week's trivia question. Scottsdale Water just earned a check for more than $121,000 for participating in what energy savings program? Email your answer to communications at scottsdaleaz.gov and join us again in two weeks for another episode. Until then, take care and stay cool.